0: From the very beginning of the implementation of computers, as they were called, as that was what it was at the very beginning. From the very beginning, when we started to use computers in classrooms, there was an ongoing discussion about how much time was too much time to be in front of a computer. Now, if you think about the fact that I began teaching, it's now 45 years ago. And let's say 35 years ago, I already had some, maybe 30 years ago, I already had some desktops in my classroom Since that time, there have been arguments about how much time is enough time. And it's a legitimate argument. And I think it, it needs to be looked at from a rational point of view. We like to think of students as all having the same needs, but they don't. Yesterday or the day before, somebody was asking me about what age group I liked to teach the best. And my response then was the same as my response has always been. Every age group has its advantages and disadvantages. Young kids like to hold on to their teacher all the time they crave the attention and the affection older kids have big problems and when you have to interact with an older student there are a whole different set of rules for how you do that it's the same idea with the computer younger children demand more face-to-face, real-time interaction with the classroom teacher, which by definition means that the time they're having to spend on computers right now because of the pandemic is going to harm them in the short run. I think that's important to remember. Children make leaps sometimes in their learning. They'll go only at one pace and then they'll take off because something ticked, something clicks and they like what they're doing and then they slow down. And right now, everybody's slowing down for all kinds of reasons. But that doesn't mean that good, good teaching won't make up for it. But The younger kids require more interaction with the classroom teacher. That doesn't have to be face-to-face all the time. You can interact with younger kids online just as easily as long as you make sure it's one-on-one or a small group of students at a time. And then you give them an assignment older kids, the amount of time they need from the classroom teacher diminishes and the more time they need online increases because of the demands of what it is they want to do and what it is you want them to do. There used to be in vogue a a term called blended learning which was really a combination of online computer time and in-time seats in classrooms teaching. Blended learning meant some time away from the classroom and some time in the classroom. And blended learning is actually what is the best Model to follow. But blended learning in the primary grades is not blended learning in the senior grades. It's the same as homework when you stop and think about it. Younger kids should spend more time playing and interacting with people and less time on a desktop and interacting with the screen or the TV. Older kids do more of their learning and their thinking by reading and by looking and by finding information. So blended learning is the way it's going to go. But it's how we take advantage of that. I'm going to start with the example of a, of a let's say, a, a junior high school class. And they're learning something about, um, let's say, novel studies. And you want them to understand the idea of setting and mood and character development in a, in a novel, let's say. So you talk to them and you give them examples but you need to use things that they've already read. So you tell them in advance, I need you to read these things, and then we're going to have a discussion in class. That discussion in class doesn't have to be face-to-face anymore. It can be in Zoom. And, because Zoom has a function for lifting up the hand, it can be a modulated conversation, exactly the same as in a classroom. But then there's more work that they can do offline except that the teacher has to be available to answer questions. I when I was when I was in the classroom and I was teaching graduate students, I was trying to get them to use the idea of WhatsApp or something like that so that when they had a question, they posted it to WhatsApp a group that I made up of all of the students in the class, and if I answered one question from one student, they all saw the answers. And if it was something they had the same question about, then they paid more attention. If it was something they had less uh, need of, they could ignore it or just read it and then move on. When they're younger, learning takes so much more time, which means that you have to have the kids in the classroom. So much of what we do involves body language with younger kids and the responses in their head. You can see younger kids thinking. You can see younger kids reaching to create something or to accomplish something. You can't see that same thing with older kids. Recently, there was an article that I read, a link to an article that I picked up, about the remote learning being here to stay. And it's very true, it is. As the speed the connectivity gets greater as we integrate more applications in learning and provide more opportunities for students to branch out and use the technology to do uh, uh, virtual, virtual experiments and virtual conversations with other people and interacting with people all over the world, that's going to be here to stay that's an exciting exciting opportunity for kids in the classroom remote learning will take less precedence with them because they need more one-on-one time or small group time so when we think about going forward we shouldn't be afraid and judge what's going to happen if the educators you're working with think about the importance of the needs the developmental needs of younger kids junior students intermediate students and senior students and just as i just as i said that intermediate students there are advantages Advantages sometimes for students not being all together. When grade six and seven and eight and nine students are together in groups because they're more interested in each other from a social point of view, that sometimes is better that they're not right beside one another. So when you judge things like online time, screen time, blended learning, don't use one brush for everything. Think about the different age groups and the different ages and stages of students and come to some conclusions and work that through. And always remember, there's always positives and negatives, no matter what choice we make. So speaking about the positives and the negatives, first of all, think about this issue from uh, the parents' point of view and the students' point of view. If there is blended learning at times in the classroom, the parents have an opportunity to see the way their children are learning and to see what they're learning and to be involved in what they're learning. It gives parents an opportunity to to almost sit in on a classroom. And that's an advantage as far as many parents today are concerned. Another benefit is the fact that collaboration is possible across time and space. If there is an element of online learning in the classroom, as well as offline learning, meaning face-to-face. If there is online learning, then it means that The students can work with each other when it suits them. They don't always have to be together. They can sit in their desks at home and they can send files back and forth. They can work and the teacher can then expect that there will be this collaboration and there can be a way to monitor and see what the students can come up with. We know that we learn best from one another. There's only so much control a teacher has over what a student is absorbing at any time. But when students pick and choose the time they're going to work, they can maximize the on-task time because they can work at those things when it's convenient for them and when they know they can do their best. It doesn't happen automatically, but over time. Another element that one can think about in terms of this division between blended learning, online learning, and classroom learning is that One of the most important things we know we can do for our students is to help them understand what what it means to be in a classroom with a group of students and to work with other students and to learn from one another. Social and emotional learning is a huge part of what goes on in the classroom without any awareness Of it happening. The the messages I referred earlier to the body language, the messages that students give to one another, the messages they get from teachers. So if a student is working on a task that's particularly difficult, having a collaborator online can make it easier for them. And so they can then derive pleasure from working together and enjoying what their finished product is. That's social and emotional learning. That's putting the feelings and perceptions of the students ahead of a lot of other things. When you add positive feelings about a task to a task that might be more difficult or more long-range, it means that the outcomes will be better. And finally, blended learning allows for getting around time-bound lessons. There have been so many research projects that have found that Teenage students, for instance, do not do their best work during the day, in the early part of the day, rather. They do their best work later on during the day. And so if they're working on something intensely, it's it's natural that they're going to want to do something in the afternoon or even in the evening when they can fit it in. So much of our school experience has always been based on time. Time to be in school in our seats, time to go for recess, time to have lunch, time to go outside, time to go home. But our bodies don't function that way as adults. If you think about it, we don't really function that way. We, all of us, have periods of up and down during the day. And so having a combination of in-house, time-bound lessons and off-campus, out of school, times when students can collaborate or students do work on their own, Don't forget, this can also be things that the students can be doing on their own. It maximizes the bodily rhythms of students with what they have to do at school. So when we think about it, being able to combine blended learning with both in classroom and online using the technological tools that we have today makes the greatest amount of sense.